Section of the Performance Art and Learning Program in collaboration with the Alameda Unified School District since 2012. All ages are welcome. This event is a benefit for Rhythmics Cultural Works with support from the McPherson Fund at the East Bay Community Foundation and the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. For more information, call 510-865-5060. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Up next, cover to cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, yes. <laughs> yes, the shadows, the shadows uh, are definitely, definitely in sight coming after me. Oh, boy. Four o'clock this morning, was it? No, closer to five. I got to thinking. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's, let's go back to square one, boys and girls. I feel like an old school teacher, you know, kind of like Hillary, like Ms. Rodham. Poor Ms. Rodham, there she was, uh, looking like somebody's mom, you know, an old, so patient mom, just letting this rambunctious boy do his thing. I mean, boys will be boys. What can you do? She smiled with a kind of tolerant weariness. Oh, last night we saw the first in a series of television debates, which will not end till November. <laughs> okay, we had Hillary Rodham Clinton. HRC, her royal, oops, 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 and DT, here's the DTs, yes, trumped up, uh, let's see, trumped up, trickle down, she called his, uh, his, uh, shtick, actually the market reports would indicate that Hillary won the debate, uh, I think it's just, well, I don't know. What's the use? What's the use of wringing of the hands and saying, it is appalling, so much time and money and attention given to, uh, to what? What? Never has so much been said about so little, except, of course, isn't little. Um, 
if he gets his hands on, oh, let us just not think about it. Uh, I, I, I have to admit, yes, her critics, yes, her critics said that she looked smug or something like that. Yeah, I see her as a character in uh, uh, Oscar Wilde play. Yes, she's saying under her breath, she's saying to him, your ignorance almost subdues my patience. Oh, these idiot boys. But uh, the conclusion seems to be, that is all the chit-chat follow-up spin, seems to be that um, uh, Ms. Rodham had fun. I remember Hillary Rodham Clinton back when she kept her old name Rodham, yes. I remember back in 1991. Oh, no, she changed it by then, you know, because uh, he wanted to be the governor and they said she had to get rid of the hairband and uh, be uh, be generic wife. Anyway, the, back in 1992, long, long ago, I remember her dancing across the stages with uh, Bill... Remember a movie called Primary Colors? Fascinating picture with Emma Thompson as Hillary and uh, Travolta as uh, Bill Clinton. A Frank Capra sort of picture, some interest. At the end, they were dancing. Uh, Bill and Hillary were dancing at their inauguration ball. And um, the last line in the picture was, Now... Don't break our hearts. I do not think that political leaders are put on earth to break our hearts. I thought they were put on earth to take care of business. Eleanor Roosevelt was into that sort of thing. Mrs. Clinton, as Ms. Clinton, has always said that Eleanor is her uh, ideal, her, what do you call that, uh, not mentor, but her uh, historical role model. Uh, yes, we saw Al and Tipper Gore dancing up there on the stage, too. And you know what happened to them? Oh, Tipper cracked. I think it was a serious depression, they say. You remember Al Gore trying to show his human side by kissing his wife like a movie actor, you know. Anyway... At that time, in 1992, Mrs. Clinton gave a speech. Uh, she was talking to her constituents, and she was telling them that it's important to remember that politics is fun. Is it fun yet, Hillary? <laughs> 1992. Let's see, 16 plus 824, quarter of a century has gone by, and God knows that woman has run the gauntlet. Whatever you may think of uh, her political, her political uh, checks and balances, her trials and tribulations certainly put her in a class with Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, you remember, I think the worst uh, journalist crack. Uh, oh, they said that Chelsea Clinton resembled Eleanor Roosevelt. It's just quite unkind. I'm very upset. I have a lot of notes here, and I, I, I'm not going to use them until I get the facts. But um, Chelsea Clinton 
uh, is married to a man who is a pal, friend, intimate of the son-in-law of Donald Trump. Now, you work it out. You noticed last night, if you watched these debates, that um, <laughs> Donald Trump said that he, he didn't want to be rough. Rough was his word. Rough with Mrs. Clinton. And so he didn't talk about uh, her husband's womanizing. I don't think he used that word, but uh, let's call it his indiscretions. Uh, one of the uh, nice young men on a panel said, well, why would Mrs. Clinton be uh, to blame or why would uh, it hurt her uh, qualifications for leadership if her husband was out of line? But never mind all that. Uh, he tried to take credit for being a gentleman when, of course, he let the whole thing slip. He said he didn't want to uh, upset Chelsea Clinton because he had respect for her. Mrs. Clinton is a grandmother again. She let's see the the no the baby's uh, birthday second birthday. Uh, Chelsea's little girl. She has two kids now, and so Mrs. Clinton is officially a grandmother. It's a terrific role. I think of Michelle in the White House with those two beautiful daughters. I can't wait until. That family expands. I love uh, Barack Obama's mother-in-law, uh, Marion Robinson. Uh, she lives with the family, and I'm sure she's definitely uh, the one who rules the roost with those two young teenaged uh, granddaughters of hers. Uh, super, superstars they're going to be anyway. Uh, Hillary Clinton's political behavior, uh, well, history is going to judge. Um, I'm not going to get into that, uh, at least not until after the election. God knows. Uh, somebody I know says that we have to get that bumper sticker ready, the one that says, uh, it's Hillary, get used to it. Uh, I I believe that Mrs. Clinton, Ms. Clinton, Ms. Rodham, knows damn well that Iraq was a disaster, that she really, really messed up there, but whether that means she will never make a mistake as bad as that one when she is the president of these United States, well, that is one of the unknown unknowns. Surely she's too sensible to be thrown by the uh, current catastrophes, the, well, okay, especially the endless fuss about every detail of this so-called debate. Uh, yes, I wonder if she's still asking herself, is it fun yet? Uh, I think that that 11 hours, she talks about the 11 hours that she uh, had to use all her stamina to uh, <laughs> to endure with the Congress giving her the grilling, my God, how dare they! Oh, never mind. Don't don't get crabby, Jennifer. 
Oh, where is the respect? Where is the dignity? I just can't handle my anger watching all this process. Uh, I, I fell off my chair. Some Ohio woman, was it Ohio? An older uh, woman saying that <coughs> she simply votes for the party or she's conservative, something like that. <coughs> she said that if this is the jackass, that they picked to lead the mule train. Well, so be it. Uh -huh. I suppose uh, Mr. Trump being a jackass is, certainly does not disqualify him for the presidency. Uh, I think it's more serious that he's a sociopath. That is the name chosen for the book written about uh, Donald Trump. His uh, biographer, guy by the name of Tony, it's Tony Schwartz, right, Tony Schwartz. He wrote Art of the Deal. He's known Mr. Trump since Trump was in his 30s. Mr. Trump's 70 now. And uh, it, he says that if he could rename the book Art of the Deal, he would call the book The Sociopath. Anyway, uh I still just have to ask over and over again, how is it that our democracy has fallen on such strange, strange times? What is to be done? Uh, there's a strain of mean-spirited folks. Uh, we always have those folks, you know. But uh, then comes a moment, critical mass, when there's just too many of them. There's people who feel stiffed. Uh, how they can put their uh, put their trust in such an individual? Ah, uh, uh, apparently they think they've been screwed by government, by the system. Who hasn't? By foreign powers, by the immigrants, by a long list of uh, scapegoats. Yes, scapegoats. You know the generic. Uh, list. Uh, yes, and everybody hates the Jews. Once again, we got the mass psychology of fascism stalking our land. Uh, I keep telling myself it's not so bad this time. You know, razor wire is a little bit ugly, but it was worse in the 1930s and 40s, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You know, uh, when those Nazis rose up and did all that Goose-stepping across Europe. Ah, uh, uh, yes, Mussolini. He's a bit like the Donald. Yes, uh, actually, Mussolini wrote romantic novels. I have a review of one here, but I'll save it for another day. Yes, Mussolini, he had that, uh, uh, the walk, the expressions, the childish sulks, and all that petulant body language. That's what... That was uh, uh, <laughs> what what my mother and her friends found so delightful, so funny. Uh, anyway, uh, Mr. Trump says that he is a gentleman and he admires Chelsea Clinton. Yes, yes, yes. And that's why he just can't bring himself to attack her mom. Yes. Now, uh I keep going back to that. Somehow or another, that just seems to me positively creepy. Did he think she wasn't going to hear all that spin? Uh, uh, 
Well, yes. Now, the children, uh, I'll save it for another day. It's a uh, it's a story worthy of the fall of an empire. Yes, Chelsea Clinton and uh, her husband and Trump's son-in-law. Uh, apparently, uh, crooks of a sort. Uh, yes, pals, pals. Donald Trump's son-in-law and Chelsea Clinton's husband. I had that article somewhere in my, uh, uh, what is it, in the detritus thrown around my bedroom, and I've forgotten where I put it. I think I was just so, so, so upset by it. Uh, I just don't want Chelsea Clinton to be mixed up with bad guys. I mean, that's not the way I would write the play. Uh, I still think it's... You remember uh, there was a book once called The Ides of March. It was all about what happened backstage during the fall of Rome, you know. Historical scenes when, oh, when a republic becomes an empire, when things get ugly. Uh, there's a television classic titled Rome about the uh, transmutation of Rome, of the Roman Republic into the... Uh, Roman Empire. Uh, they mark it with the assassination of Julius Caesar. He was, of course, a mixed bag politically, uh, Julius Caesar, but he had some good ideas, and then, of course, he became grandiose, primate grandiosity in these guys. That's lethal, you know. Anyway, then comes the the fascist thing, you know, that goose-stepping business, Back in the day, uh, Augustus Caesar, right, uh, that was Julius Caesar's nephew. Now, he finally defeated Anthony and Cleopatra, and the Roman Empire was born, the rule of the Caesars. <laughs> now, will that be the Clintons and the Trumps and their progeny? Gosh. Now. What a soap opera that will be for our great-great-grandchildren. Uh, check out Thornton Wilder's novel, The Ides of March. It's so funny. It's done with letters, all these letters. You know, Cleopatra's visiting Rome, and she's chatting up all the uh, people she thinks are out to get her, the jealous women. Uh, anyway, I think that the, what do you call it, the... Personal stories are always so, so titillating. When, of course, the only thing that matters is, is anybody feeding the children? Now, Mrs. Clinton does mention that from time to time. Uh, Shakespeare doesn't even bother with that, although he does have some egalitarian points. But, uh, let's see, Shakespeare... uh, Actually, Shakespeare was an aristocrat. He wasn't the guy they, they think he is. But I digress. I am as scattered and fragmented as Donald Trump. <laughs> yes. I like what I liked in uh, uh, the Roman story was Cleopatra's son, Caesarian. In the wonderful, wonderful TV series, they let Caesarian be the son of a Roman soldier. Uh, my favorite character in the show, Pullo. At the very end of the series, uh, he's supposed to kill Caesarian to get him uh, off the planet, you know, so he won't have a claim on the 
Roman Empire. And uh, he takes the boy by the hand and he says, Now, about your father. And they go off into the desert. That's a wonderful spin on history. Uh, yes, that's the world, the world uh, after the death of Julius Caesar and the death of Antony and Cleopatra. Golly, golly, golly. Uh, is there, is there a story like that in the wings for us? The Nazi, the Nazi scene, different costumes, always different costumes. You know, the British have such style. Uh, uh, I think the costumes, well, I, I like the old costumes more, but uh, if you look at our scene, uh, yes, Abu Ghraib, all those things, we certainly have come up with as much dark, dark uh, makeup costumes, yes. Uh, uh, I went to see a concert at Yoshi's a while back, uh, there was a KPFA listener there. Boy, do I digress. I am worse than Donald. You know, 15 minutes in and my mind just melts. Uh, and the nice listener, the nice lady at Yoshi's, she said, she said, uh, she said, Jennifer, I remember when you were the goose girl, that is, the, you kept talking about getting in touch with your inner Nazi. You know, you side, just you were stepping, sidestepping like a Nazi, you know, the way they walked that goose step. Uh, and you're talking about how everyone can get in touch with their inner Nazi if they, if they try. Everybody's got a fascist streak deep down. Is that what people are identifying with in this, uh, in this Donald character? I mean, is he real? Does he personify the mean-spirited dictator who really means it when he says one cannot be too greedy. Greed is good. Greed is good. Well, will it turn out that, uh, yes... Oh, do you think Trump can really pull off this thing about passing for a gentleman because he didn't get rough about Bill Clinton's bad behavior? Well, what on earth that would have to do with anything? I have no idea. Uh, Yes, how could such an assault undermine Mrs. Clinton's capacity to lead the nation? Uh, anyway, the worst uh, person I saw on the television was Kellyanne Conway, Donald Trump's campaign manager. Oh, talk about a creep. She said he showed tremendous restraint toward uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, she is... Well, she gives a new, a new acidity to the word bitch. Uh, I have a dozen things and I just, I can't, I just, I've been gone for weeks while you people were kindly raising money uh, for KPFA. You were sending it in and uh, I just got completely flummoxed and I've got too many things here to talk about. I want to tell you about a movie uh, called Southside with You about uh, Barack Obama and his wife, Michelle. I want to tell you all about uh, Trump's Boswell. This guy called Tony Schwartz. He's the one that wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. And you can 
study up on that. Uh, he, of course, has turned on uh, Mr. Trump, saying that uh, Trump is a fantasist and uh, crazy, uh, obviously. Uh, he, of course, says it was a Faustian bargain, and he may have pretty much, pretty much, uh, uh, well, not ruined his life, but he said he needed the money, as usual. That's the excuse. It's an article by Jane Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R, Jane Meyer, M-A-Y-E-R, in the New Yorker, July 25th. Now, she is a super, super, super uh, journalist, writer, and it's under the political scene. The article's called Trump's Boswell Speaks. Uh, the ghost writer of The Art of the Deal says that Trump is unfit to lead, uh, uh, Tony Schwartz, the ghostwriter, says, I put lipstick on a pig, and uh, says he feels deep remorse, in quotes. Now, uh, <laughs> deep remorse indeed. Uh, apparently, he never dreamed that Donald Trump would try to run for president. I, I get it. I guess that, that does seem to be, if not an excuse, it, it means that perhaps he doesn't deserve to be shot, but... Uh, what is the funniest is that he uh, he says that Donald Trump has come to believe that he wrote the book. He, Donald Trump, wrote this uh, biography, calling it an autobiography. Uh, now, <laughs> he says he's convinced himself, you know, that he's written the book. And if he could lie about that, this is a quote, if he could lie about that on day one, when it is so easily refuted, is it likely to lie about anything? Uh, and he goes on to give a... Well, uh, Jane Meyer goes on to describe Tony Schwartz's regrets. <laughs> yes. The Art of the Deal is a long time ago. It's a 1987 breakthrough memoir. It earned a joint byline, um, and half of the book's half-a-million-dollar advance was supposed to go to Tony Schwartz and half of the royalties, and that's very generous. Of course, Trump tried to uh, take it all back. You know how that goes. He even tried to, to make Tony Schwartz pay for the book parties. Anyway, um, more than a million copies have been bought, generating several million dollars in royalties. The book expanded Trump's renown far beyond New York City, making him an emblem of the successful tycoon. Uh. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh. Indeed, Edward Cosner, former editor and publisher of New York, the magazine, where Schwartz worked as a writer at that time, he says... Tony created Trump. He's Dr. Frankenstein. Okay. Now, of course, Trump never says anything. I mean, he talks all the time. He doesn't say anything. So, Schwartz had to follow him around starting in late 1985. He just went along with him on the helicopters and on the... Uh, Let's see, went to the Florida estate and on and on and on. He tried to get something to put in the book. Uh, he, well, he talks about Trump's beguiling strengths and disqualifying weaknesses. Um, I would have, well, I, I would have hoped that 
some of Trump's intimates would be ready to blow the whistle. I, it will happen, of course, but it'll be too late by then, I think. Uh, he, Tony Schwartz, wants to set the record straight. Now, once again, you can check out the July New Yorker, and uh, I'll, I'll make a list of this man's... <laughs> this man's... Um, Bizarre, bizarre, horrific. Uh, uh, anyway, Schwartz says, I genuinely believe that if Trump wins and gets the nuclear codes, there's an excellent possibility it will lead to the end of civilization. In the meantime, I'm going to go see this movie about Barack Obama and Michelle called Southside with You. Now, this is a wonderful picture, and it has all kinds of nostalgic value. Till next Tuesday, this has been Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Till then, go easy, and if you can't, go easy, go as easy as you can. Ali Albunima is coming back to the bay. Ali is co-founder and director of the Electronic Intifada. His last book, The Battle for Justice in Palestine, won the 2014 Palestine Book Award. Alice Walker calls Ali Abunima someone whose large heart is constantly on fire. Ali will speak in Berkeley on Tuesday, October 18th, 7 p.m. at the First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way. His talk, Turning Point for the Palestine Solidarity Movement, Can Israeli Apartheid Really Be Defeated?, is a benefit for the Middle East Children's Alliance, co-sponsored by KPFA. For info, meccaforpeace.org, 510-548-0542. This event is wheelchair.